0: This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier
1: on the Big Talker KQAM.
0: It is a Saturday morning. Welcome into the, vo- uh, I almost said the voice of reason. That's the weekday show. Hey, it's Saturday morning. It's Kansas Talk. Welcome in right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM KQAM. Great to have you today on a Saturday. Getting you up and moving, doing the thing. It is almost semi-decent outside right now and I can deal with that. This 100-degree weather, man, I tell you, it's been a weird one. Hey, we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. Welcome in, 316-721-8255. 316 talk if you want to join into the program. I would love to hear from you today. We have a super show, and I'm really excited. Hour number two, Carmen Trover. She's from the Manhattan, Kansas area. Critical race theory, coming to the public schools in the area of Manhattan. We'll talk about some of that, so we'll get into that in just a little bit. Plus, at the bottom of next hour, to wrap up the show, Dan Bongino, nationally syndicated talk radio host. If you've been listening to KQAM, we have him live from 11 to 2 right here middays during the week. Massive show, and he's growing like a weed all over the country, so we'll sit down and chat with Dan Bongino in just a little bit, but... For the first part of it, by the way, first, happy Father's Day weekend to everybody out there, and happy Juneteenth to everybody out there as well. We'll talk about some of those issues in just a little bit, but I want to step away from politics right off the bat here on the program, because there's a big event coming up next week that I'm really, really excited about. Now, I have to admit, this is a a topical thing that I never, ever in my entire life thought that I would actually be involved with, be interested in, but here I am, and I have jumped in headfirst over the last year, and then it's really exciting to see how this has all evolved so there's a there's an event coming up next week the big idea what's the big idea we'll talk about that here in just a second with our guest in studio with us uh chiropractor acupuncturist motivational speaker uh dr devinvarana.com is the website but Dr devin is with us in studio devin how are you
2: I'm fantastic
0: it I'm is good to see you
2: grateful to be here
0: yeah it is good to see you you have you're always busy I don't oh. know how you do all the stuff that you do
2: I guess that's the way God built me. I don't know.
0: Constantly on the move.
2: That's it. Juggling all the things and enjoying it.
0: You have the big idea coming up, uh, which is... Tied in a little bit with your practice Mm -hmm. and your husband, Joey, uh, both of you chiropractors, acupuncturists, um, which is a fascinating because it's more than just, you know, straightening you out and cricking the neck, which is what I always thought chiropractic work actually was. But it goes a heck of a lot deeper than that, doesn't it?
2: It does. It does. The uh, very first chiropractor actually delivered an adjustment that cured a a deaf man's deafness. And so he restored hearing. So it was never about neck pain, back pain until insurance and the medical model came along and we wanted to kind of fit in the box Mm. so um yeah taking chiropractic back to the roots about energy and wholeness and restoring the nervous system
0: function what it actually does yeah mm-hmm. now do the mainstream doctors accept chiropractic work as actual doctors i've heard kind of conflicting reports on that one
2: yes and no i mean I, th- I as with the way of the world right now right there are many scales um of that i would say most here are very friendly to it i get a lot of referrals from ob's and um pediatricians i see a lot of babies and pregnant moms um and i would say most are more and more open especially um you know once they see it proven in the people they serve of, of how they feel better and heal better. Um, So proof is usually in the pudding. And when you share research, it goes a long way.
0: Sure. What is the big idea?
2: Mm, What's the big idea? So um, I started traveling to speak um, a few years ago and I would go to these Tony Robbins seminars and I would go speak at various health and wellness and empowerment conferences. And then I would come home all high on adrenaline from these, these things and I would go back in my practice and just get heartbroken because they weren't there. Mm. And I would look to my family and go, I just went and did this thing, but you need you need to hear these things. I want you to hear the people that I just got to hear from. And um, that nagging thing inspired, I guess, a big idea. And I looked over at my husband a few years back and said, I want to do a thing and I'd like to host it. We put up a tent actually in our the first year. Very nice. Um, yeah. And it was meant to be for our patients, for our family members. My mom passed away in 2016, a uh, horrific journey with bladder cancer. And my husband's dad passed in 20, uh, 2009, and another very painful um, cancer journey. And so we were fueled by wishing we could have brought it to them. Sure. And and so we bring in all these different speakers to talk about health and wellness and healing and natural healing and and then tell their hero stories. Right. Like the real life. How did you get there? Um, This year, we're going to talk about freedom and all the things that, quite frankly, you're not allowed to talk about. I was going to say kind of appropriate right now. Yeah. Yeah. We you know, um, in 2020, I paused my event and partnered with Kansans for health freedom and we did the um, freedom revival in the heartland. And we had 900 people in September. Wow. Uh-huh. Shoulder to shoulder. There were hugs and Rebels. smiles. It's what a it. rebel. It's it. Um, and we did. We had Bobby Kennedy, Del Bigtree, Andy Wakefield, um, and a host of, you know, health freedom people really just looking at, you know, what's happening in our world and where do we stand with it and what are we willing to speak up about and and what is, what will be the fallout of all the decisions that we're making right now?
0: Yeah. Have you seen an increase in interest in this kind of topic, the natural health, the the, against the mandates? I mean, obviously, this last year, everybody's focused on health. And, you know, if you don't wear the mask, then you're spreading the virus. If you don't get the vaccine, you want people to die in the streets Mm. with Mm COVID-19. And this has really pushed me more towards this mindset of, oh, my gosh, I have an immune system and I can take care of myself and be healthy. What a concept.
2: Right. You know, I am more hopeful for humanity than I've ever been. And it has opened up um, curiosity that was not there before. And so there are many blessings in disguise, um, of all of it because people, you know, the first few months we all wanted to be safe. We all wanted to understand what we were even dealing with because it was so abrupt and it was the lockdown and it was, it was scary, you know? And so it's like, all right, let's pause what's going on here. And then when you look at data and you look at what's happening and you look at this push of, you know, we'll give you free donuts. We'll give you free access to Six <laughs> Flags. We'll give you free access to Exploration Place. I mean, it's happening here. I sense you know? desperation. It's, well, it, you, you don't have to, if it's good, I mean, if it's real good, you don't have to sell it that hard. Right. There's something else going on when you have to play at people's, um, you know, uh, tempt them and bribe them. I mean... It's not real life. And I think we get caught up in the division over, you know, should I wear this mask? Should I not wear this mask? Should I get this shot? Should I not get this shot? But I want to back it up because we're never going to agree on that. There's never going to be one answer for that question because it should be bodily autonomy and we get to decide what we want to decide. But if we zoom out, the conversation that I don't think is happening enough is do we understand the immune system? Do we understand that our bodies know how to heal themselves? Do we understand what happens when any viruses, viruses have been around since the beginning of time, they are never going to go away. And the way that we are handling this one is not sustainable. And the numbers don't justify it. And there's no one that could convince me otherwise of that. And so it's time to navigate how do we get here and where are we going to actively go from here
0: yeah no that's very true i mean like you mentioned there's been viruses we live in a biological world but yet somehow we've survived as a species because we're able to adapt and we're able to do what we need to do you know individually
2: yeah dr bradley campbell um one of our guest speakers he's functional medicine i did a podcast with him and he said okay so if you open up your arms right now fingertip to fingertip and you just form a bubble in that big of a space around your head there are more viruses than there are stars in the sky around your head in that bubble. Right now. I mean right now. Yeah. We are bacteria, we are fungi, we are virus in our cells of who we are. And so to be at war with the virus is to be at war with ourselves. It's a it's a radical mistrust of the way our bodies are designed to work. Sure. And and if they're not adapting properly when pathogens come in, then we need to look at how to strengthen the host more of a terrain theory approach versus germ theory because we would never be able to protect ourselves from the outside world because we're one with it.
0: Yeah, we can't do that. We're talking with Dr. Devin Verana, DrDevinVerana.com. Also, Lighthouse Chiropractic with the big idea coming up next week. I don't want to go down like the, the complete anti-vax movement, that, which I know there is some because there's a happy medium in there. But there's, um, just a little plug, you have a podcast, if they knew. Yep. Um, and I produced that with the User yeah. Media Network, which I'm super excited about. Uh, and I've learned so much listening mm. to the show. And one of the interviews that you had had talked about some of the vaccines and how everybody's body is individual to themselves. And every vaccine um, affects someone differently based on their individualism, which is why when you you always have that percentage of vaccines where they work really well or Mm -hmm. they kind of work or they don't work at all or they give you even negative side effects because every single person's body is totally unique. And that's the same with the COVID virus, right? Right.
2: Yeah. um, I mean, you know, if you and I were built differently, if you, I and say one of my five-year-old twins were to walk into a doctor and get prescribed a medication, they wouldn't we wouldn't take the same Advil, we wouldn't take the same dosage of Zyrtec, we wouldn't take the same dosage of any medication because we're not built the same. And yet when it comes to something like a vaccine, there's no dosage. It's one size fits all. And this particular one um, is not a traditional vaccine. It's an mRNA. <laughs> I don't know that you can really, I'm not going to go there. And um, And if you really look at how it was designed and what it's actually produced to do, it's not like the other ones we're even talking about. It's given the same name, but it's not the same product. Right. And so, you know, it takes a lot of research. My first son had reactions to vaccines 15 years ago. So life had carved me out in some experiences um, 15 years ago to be ready, I guess, for today. I feel it and see it differently because of what I witnessed. and. And to anyone listening, if you hear words like anti-this or pro-this, know that those words, and you're in politics, so you get it, um, they're designed to create division. They are designed to evoke emotion and to um, polarize people on opposite sides of the topic. Um, You know, I am pro-informed consent. I am pro-parents and people doing their homework and looking at everything they put in and on their body. You should know what's in the lotion that you're rubbing on top of your skin. You should know what's in the foods that you're choosing to ingest because they become fuel or they become poison once they're inside your body. Same thing, medicines and vaccines. You've got to look at what you're putting in and why.
0: There's such an easy way to do some of this. I've learned a lot about, uh, and my wife's, you know, been growing the garden, different mm. different herbs and plants and medicines. And, you know, I started drinking tea every single morning and started yeah. doing certain things. And you realize that the same effect that you can get from popping a pill, taking mm-hmm. a vaccine, you can do the exact same thing from drinking a tea. And Absolutely. it may take, you know, a week or two for it to start taking effect, but it's the long term, but it's the real thing. It's not the synthetic type of pill, but it's the actual legit herb that actually does what it's supposed to do i find that fascinating because i never knew any of this before the last year or so
2: yeah and 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 i think there's a remembering happening right it's not new these plants and herbs are not new they've they came way before you and i but the industry that we live in is a couple of hundred years old right and so we took a turn and we we said man knows better than god and we started really playing and there have been beautiful advances in you know, in our ability to, with emergency medicine, with surgical procedures, it's not, it's not all bad, right? Like it's not, the pendulum doesn't swing all the way, but we got so forceful and we are an impatient society. You know, if I cut, (laughs) oh my goodness, if I cut my finger right now, it would heal. You know, now if I cut it too badly, I need help. Sure. But if, if I, if I get a cut, I don't have to tell my body how to heal that. There's a wisdom in there. There's, you know, a cellular reaction. My heart's beating. Your heart's beating. Our lungs. There's more, you know, functions happening in our body than we could count right now. And how we doubt the power of that is honestly beyond me. And when you look at, you know, herbs and gardens, and I do think there's a, a real return to the earth, to God, to um, natural things happening right now because we swung so hard the other way for too long.
0: Sure. Yeah, I've, I've definitely realized that there is a connection between the medicine like that and a spiritual, religious side of it, too, which is really neat as well. we got to take a break here for just a second. Dr. Devin Verana, Lighthouse Chiropractic. When we come back, I want to talk about the industry as a whole and how it's affected you during the COVID pandemic. Plus, you know, talk some more about the big idea and what's coming up, how you can get involved, how you can see this, because I highly recommend if you're curious about it, if you like it or Maybe if you don't, you just want to learn more about it to see what it's all about, what these crazy wild radicals are, (laughs) not getting vaccinated, wearing masks, what the heck's going on, and how you're actually still standing after last year of the virus. We'll do that and more coming up here on Candace Talk here on The Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Uh 23 minutes past the hour right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Thanks for hanging out here on a Saturday morning. A little bit different topic for you, but you can call in 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you today. we got a lot of stuff we're going to get to today, so hang tight uh, for you. All of it, by the way, on Kansas Talk, KQAM presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Make sure to check out Phil's Coins, also online at philscoins.com. They're opening up in just about 10 minutes. They'll they'll be open until about 2.30 this afternoon. We're hanging out with Dr. Devin Verana for a few more minutes here, getting ready for the big idea. But before we get back into the event next week, let's talk about the industry that you're in as a whole. Acupuncture, which I, I want to try acupuncture. I've never mm-hmm. tried acupuncture before, although, you know, the whole stick and needles everywhere, it's kind of weird. It, weird.
2: That's what I thought when I got into it, but it's been around for a long, long time, long time, and anything that tests the time like that must have something.
0: To must it. be working. Yeah. Must be doing something. So <laughs> uh, I do want to try that some point. But your industry, chiropractic work, acupuncture mm-hmm. work, obviously, I'm assuming was roughly affected with the virus because I mean, heaven forbid, you're within six feet, you're right. touching people, transferring right. bacteria yeah. and viruses. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, how did you guys manage? I know you spoke at the Sedgwick County Commission meeting a while ago. I
2: did. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I, some, I say God gave me a big heart and a bigger mouth. So, um, <laughs> you know, I can't stay quiet, even if I try sometimes. And that and what I watched, I mean, we're human, right? We're, as practitioners of any kind, we are human. So we were, you know, I was navigating, I have five kids. So I was navigating what the world was going through as a mother and a practitioner. And I'm seeing these different levels of fear everywhere from like people who had zero fear that are like, this is planned and it's not real and it's a pandemic and I don't believe it down to like, I'm not leaving my house. We're all going to die. This is the apocalypse, right? And everywhere in between. So as practitioners, you really had to, I mean, if you truly serve people, there needed to be a moment to look and go, what's happening here, right? Like they come to us as leader. the name of my practice. I actually changed it in April, May of last year to the lighthouse because that's what we do. We are a port in the storm. We, we help shine light so you can you know, but ultimately you've got to guide your own ship. And that's what was happening of like, I can't do the work for you, but we got to figure out what's truth here, what's your truth. And um, yeah, I mean, as with any industry that, you know, there were the lockdowns and so people didn't feel safe going to public spaces. We did a lot of extra cleaning um, and those types of things. I myself did not mask. Um, I gave my staff the open right to, what a rebel. Um, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I have said since the beginning, my, you know, I answered to God, not my governor. And it was a mandate, not a law. I understood my actual rights. I told my patients like with HIPAA laws, I'm not going to intrude in your medical freedoms and you make the decision that is best for you. So then to now, some people wore masks, some people did not. And, um, you know, come as you are, you are loved, you are safe here. Um, and people were loved and they were safe. I mean, you want to talk rebel. I designed free hugs shirts last year. So I was I was a hugger during 2020 um, because it, you can't have a one lane conversation. There was, there was a lot going on in the viral health aspect, but there was a lot going on in the mental health aspect. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fear, a lot of anger, a lot of disconnect. People that were not seeing their own family members, people that weren't going into public would still come in and this like we thrive in community. Our basic needs are to be safe and to belong. Sure. And so, you know, when you look at how we thrive in we to be in six foot social distance, that's not sustainable for us. Literally, I mean, we go into dark places. We need touch. We need and so, you know, I did a I did a lot of studying, I did a lot of um, prayer and meditation, and I did what I thought was best as I led my family and I led my team. And did I do it right? I don't know. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm upright and um, I feel stronger and more connected to my God and to my, my chiropractic community and my team than ever before. And, um, you know, tough times show you what you're made of. And um, so I didn't, I didn't wear a mask or not wear a mask or get a shot or not get a shot because someone told me so. Right. Um, I, you know, I am the master of my fate. And I, you know, that grit i guess um i i wish more people would step into that because this world would look radically different
0: it's amazing you guys do amazing work i'm so happy that you guys are doing what you're doing we got just about a minute left here mm-hmm. but talk about the big idea where's it at how can people get tickets
2: yes so we have um a handful left and we're going to sell out this week and um we have speakers coming from all over the country we're going to talk about health and healing homeopathy naturop- uh, naturopathy chiropractic acupuncture there's um um, people coming to talk about past trauma healing and emotional um, health there's people coming to talk about plant medicines and breath work there's people coming to talk about how they've overcome adversity and so what I say is a big idea is an interactive healing experience um, we bring a DJ so we talk about heavy stuff there are tears usually you will walk through the door one version of yourself sure. and you will walk out a more empowered version of yourself I guarantee literally money back guarantee that you will get more than you came for. Um, and that's next sa- uh, Friday for chiropractors, Saturday for the general public. It goes nine to six, Katy corner from the downtown farmer's market um, at the Vail, which is a beautiful venue in Old Town. Um, and yeah, and then we have an after party, Freedom Fest. So red, white, and blue, Cranking up the music. I've waited a year for a dance party, so we're going to do it big. We're
0: going to do it big. (laughs) Dr. Devin Verona, drdevinverona.com. More information on there. You can also get the link for the tickets there as well. Devin, we got to get you back on the show again soon. I'll be back. Hey, love it. Got to take a break. Bottom of the hour. Open line. See you when we come back here. It's Candace Talk here on The Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker, KQAM. Darn right, Gerard. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker, 1480 AM 1025 FM, KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning. Great conversation, Dr. Devin Verana. Appreciate that very much. <laughs> I want I'm curious on the response with something. It's such a foreign concept until like the light bulb clicks. Until you get it, until you understand it. It's amazing. And I, I gotta say, it's something that's intrigued me and definitely jumping on board. And I've dived in uh, headfirst on a lot of different aspects of that uh, for a while now. So it's really cool. So appreciate her very much. The Big Idea, it's not an event you're going to want to miss. Make sure to check it out. DrDevonVarana.com is the website. You can also see the Big Idea ICT. And you can find some information there. Get your tickets because they're going to go soon. They're going to be sold out. So go and check that out. And we appreciate all the work that they are doing. Open line to 316 721 8255. 316 721 Talk for this half hour. No guest right now. We do have some awesome guests coming up in hour number two. Carmen Schrober, she's going to be uh, She's out of Manhattan talking about uh, critical race theory that's coming to the public education system in Manhattan. Did you think that? I mean, I've, I've heard about this, we've talked about it throughout the voice of reason throughout this program, that it's a movement going on nationally with this critical race theory that everybody's racist, the founding fathers are trash, that they were all just a bunch of slave owners, that we need reparations, yada, yada. And uh, is that something we need to be teaching our youth of America and especially here in the state of Kansas? I thought Kansas was kind of a trendsetter. I don't know. I thought we started the civil rights movement in the state of Kansas. So why are we having um, the critical race theory start to come into our state. We'll talk about that with her in just a little bit. Plus, if you notice, Dan Bongino, national talk radio host that we have live here on KQAM, middays 11 to 2, uh, we sat down with him, and we'll play that interview wrapping up the show in just about an hour from now. 316-721-8255, brought to you by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. Go and check them out for all your gold and silver needs. About the only guy in the entire, not just the state of Kansas, but the region that has gold and silver in stock right now. That's how crazy the market is. You cannot buy silver right now because it's to, uh, so hard to get and uh, he's got it. He's got it. He's been trying really really hard to keep it in stock for you. So if you need it go and check it out 9344 West Central Avenue also online at fillscoins.com. He's open right now until 2:30 this afternoon. There's a few things I want to get to and we got a caller on the line so we'll bring you up in just a second here. Two questions I want to ask you. Number 1, What are you doing for Father's Day? Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there and enjoy the weekend. I cannot believe that that's tomorrow. I I sat down with Mrs. Voice of Reason yesterday and I said, wow, wait a second. This weekend's Father's Day. What are we going to do? I'll probably end up like painting and and working on things and doing things at the house. But nonetheless, we're going to do something fun. I just don't know what that is yet. So we'll do that uh, for Father's Day. So that's my first question. What is the plan for Father's Day? second question was obviously the big news that we saw on Thursday this week as President Joe Biden at the federal level ended up making Juneteenth a federal holiday, which today is Juneteenth. So happy Juneteenth to you. Andy, what's Juneteenth? Juneteenth is a holiday. To celebrate, and I completely agree. I have to admit, I completely, one hundred percent agree. I think it should be a federal holiday that uh, to celebrate the end of slavery in America. Now, I'd like to remind you ideologically who ended up ending slavery. I'd like to remind you what side, and even yes, even political party. I don't usually do political parties because you know they're just kind of wonky, but uh, ideologically. The, and the parties that have coincided, and no, they have not flipped over the years, because that's just a really dumb, silly argument to try and say, oh, no, that wasn't really us, and trying to backtrack a little bit. But what party ended slavery? What party ended segregation? What ideology ended slavery and segregation? And um, all that bigotry that goes on in the nation, and which side still plays politics and still plays identity politics, and which side tries to resegregate in society nowadays, which we can see with the critical race theory trying to educate the youth of America that everybody's bad, that anybody with a lighter skin color is racist and evil, that they des- they own uh, they have rep they need reparations, that we need to apologize for our skin color, that we need to understand the founding fathers were all slave owners and racist and bigots and liars and hypocrites, so therefore the Constitution needs to be completely shredded and ripped up and burned and started over. That's the message from critical race theory, and that's what now we're now going to start teaching our children, and that's what's going on in the nation. So uh, Juneteenth today is a great holiday, wonderful holiday. We need to celebrate it. Everybody needs to celebrate it, especially conservatives and Republicans, because we were able, as a nation, as a whole, we were able to end slavery in the country, and I think that's something we should be very proud of. We, and we were one of the first nations to end slavery in the world at that time, and we did it. Now, unfortunately, in a movement where it's supposed to be a big uniting factor, everybody live in unison, everybody live in harmony, hey, we celebrated something of our past that we're not necessarily proud of, that we're now able to grow from that, we have bloomed, we have flourished from that, we're now able to celebrate the fact that we've moved on and progressed in real progression Not like progressive progression, but in real progression, we've been able to move forward and show and say, hey, we've done bad things in the past. We're working on making ourselves better as a human species. Like that's a unifying message. That is amazing. But like usual, the other side of the aisle ends up abusing it and trashing it and taking advantage of it and then saying, well, we're going to use this to try and get rid of forced labor for felons that are in prison because that has something to do with. With Juneteenth, apparently, we need to get rid of voter ID laws because voter ID laws are racist, according to the other side of the aisle, because that's somehow number one has something to do with Juneteenth. And number two, apparently the other side that says they're not racist are literally coming out and saying that black people are too stupid and too poor to figure out how to get a federal ID to prove themselves when they go and vote or Hispanic individuals or whatever. I mean, the side that's saying they're not racist by hyping this up is a, is a great thing are the ones that are literally saying minorities are too stupid and poor to figure out how to prove that they are who they are with a federal identification card to go and vote that's the world that we're living in right now which is really weird to me so while we try to celebrate this big uniting factor with today being juneteenth we now have the other side saying that's nice now we need to push the envelope further i agree with celebrating juneteenth as a federal holiday i love that idea but now we're starting to segregate which is what the other side is wanting to do, forcing segregation, saying you celebrate Independence Day on 4th of July that's coming up in about three weeks from now. We're not going to do that. Our Independence Day is going to be on Juneteenth because that's our Independence Day. No, no, no. We celebrate that as, as a nation. We have fixed an error. We have evolved enough to say that was wrong and that was bad, and we move forward uh, for all races because guess what? Black people owned slaves too back in the day. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Yeah, white people were slaves too and black people owned slaves. It was a crazy wild world out there. It wasn't just here's one box and here's another box. People that believe that way and have those kind of mindsets really have like the lower of the IQ levels because everything is so simplistic in their world. White people were bad, black people were victimized, uh, Hispanic people or whatever, you know, just you know, women are good, males are just, you know, uh, rapists and when you look at them and you try to attract them, whatever. They think in a very low, simplistic IQ level because that's what identity politics does for you. You're not a human being. You're just part of the collective unit of people with this certain skin color or this certain gender or this certain sexual orientation, and you have to believe this way. You have this culture. You have to think this way. You have to do things this way. That's their simplistic, really ignorant, naive mindset on the left side of the aisle. So now the resegregation starting while we celebrate Juneteenth, and that's supposed to be a positive uniting factor of, hey, Everybody's free in the country. We ended slavery. This is awesome. Black people and white people can all get together, and you can own property, and you can vote, and you can have the same freedoms. You can start businesses. Everything's great in America because now we're all free. And they're like, yeah, that's nice, but we're going to use that as our own independence day because we don't want to partake with Fourth of July because that's for the white racist people that used to own slaves. Yeah, that's great, but we still need reparations. Yeah, that's great, but we don't like you guys. It's a weird thing. You can't have voter ID laws. I mean, this is what they're pushing for Juneteenth. And it breaks my heart because I want to see unity. We had a great opportunity today for unity. And I haven't seen it from the other side because the ones that are signing it at the federal level, maybe locally. I mean, I'm not talking about local celebrations here for Juneteenth, which are going on right now. I mean, those are those are great. That's awesome. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the media and from the left side of the aisle politically in this country that is using this to take advantage of the opportunity for unity to try and divide, try to conquer, and try and create more division in this nation, which is what they do all the time. Three one six seven two one eight two five five. Agree, disagree, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Should it be the federal holiday now that it is? And have they taken advantage of it? Or do you like the message that they're spreading? We still have work to do in the nation. All right, we have work to do in the nation. What do we need to work on here? Uh, We need to get rid of barriers for individuals that are held down by that glass ceiling. Like, oh, I don't know, social programs that are keeping people at that level. You know, we'll just pay you to stay stagnant at this level here. We'll just keep you right there. Maybe we should get rid of the administrative and bureaucratic state for the public education system in inner cities to where you don't have a very good education system. You don't have competition among schools to try and raise the quality of education so that way you can keep the kids actually in the classroom. Maybe we shouldn't be advocating for the separation of families and then not having the male father figure in the life of many of these individuals. Uh, With inner cities or, you know, the separated families, because then they have a larger track record of not succeeding, of not graduating, of not have. Maybe we should focus on those issues to really raise everybody up and saying, you know what, white people, you're too high. We need to bring you down. We need to raise everybody up, and that's getting rid of government red tape, that's getting rid of government education, that's getting rid of government uh, regulations on everything, that's getting rid of the social social programs for many of them that caps everybody at this glass ceiling and doesn't give them the opportunity. Maybe we shouldn't raise minimum wage because that gets rid of opportunity for entry-level positions for individuals like young black kids or Hispanic kids or Asian kids or Native American kids or whatever flavor of different skin color minority that you want to play victim as. That gets rid of those opportunities for entry-level positions to gain work experience and work their way up. What a concept! It frustrates me because we have it. It's right there. It's on the crisp. We can almost taste it with unity and with actually being able to move forward as a nation without racism in the way. And the other side of the aisle, I don't care what you, the progressives, the Democrats, the liberals, the elite, whatever you want to call them, the other side, not to name call or try and do us versus them sort of thing, but that it's not about people, it's about ideology, it's about their thought process, it's about how they live their life. They continue to divide with hatred, with bigotry, with anger, and with closed-mindedness while they blame it on us. Donald Trump's the racist. White conservative Republicans are the racist. Hate talk radio hosts, quote unquote, are the racists and it frustrates me. Let's get your thoughts on this. What are you doing for Father's Day in Juneteenth? Should it be a federal holiday? I'd love to hear from you. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Line number one, good morning, who's this? Hey, Andy, it's Sean. Sean, what's going on, sir? How are we doing?
1: I'm oh, doing all right. Hey, uh, I'm going to answer your second question. Okay. Uh, but first, I got a recommendation. Okay. <laughs> if you're only going to be on the air once a week, with a uh, show format that allows you to take uh, phone calls from the public. Yes. And you need to be on, you need to be on for three hours <laughs> because uh, <laughs> that'll allow you more time to take more phone calls. Plus, it allows me more time to pontificate when I get on with
0: it. <laughs> I see. See, I see the uh, okay. the hidden message here. I like it.
1: <laughs> okay. Now, let me answer your question. Uh I don't have a problem with uh just being a federal holiday per se. But uh my issue with it right now is uh one I think it was done to pander for black votes.
0: Well, of course it was. Of course it was. They Number started to, they started to come to the Republican side. Donald Trump brought more minorities and black votes to the republican side the republican national convention last year brought more minorities to vote republican and the democrats started panicking and lost it so this is their way of saying oh look we're really the party of you stay in your place stay on the plantation of the democrat party and then we'll you know we'll give you a federal holiday here after a month of black history month now we'll make this a federal holiday just we've done this for you so you should be grateful for us so stay on our side of course it's to win over votes yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, you can do uh, something right but for the wrong reason and it's still a bad thing.
1: That's right. That's right. There's the wrong motivation plus bad timing. Cuz the country's already racially divided. And when these white liberals go out there and scream at the top of their lungs about how all white people are racist and yada yada yada, just making this a holiday, uh kind of sends a confusing message, don't you think that? Well, it does that the racist
0: A lot of people don't understand what Juneteenth is. It's been so, again, segregated that a lot of people think that it's some progressive, you know, movement to try and, you know, to push, you know, um, um, whatever. They're trying to push this certain agenda. It's not. It truly is a great holiday for a celebration to say, you know what, as a nation with all races together. We ended slavery. We evolved and we ended something horrible and atrocious in this nation. It's not a political stunt. It's not for a political agenda. It's to truly celebrate something great. But then the radicals have, of course, taken hold of it and have run it down a bad course. And it's it's hard for some people to get behind. But the purpose of it is actually really, really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, consider this, too. Uh, what group? Uh, next is going to come up and want uh, a certain day of the year uh, to be uh, uh, declared a federal holiday for whatever their social justice issue is. I mean, hell, why don't we just declare every damn day of the year a federal holiday, and then we can take the whole year off?
0: Well, you know, now last- <laughs> I mentioned that on the show yesterday for the voice reason, and I, I kind of, I'm okay with that because here's the thing: during federal holidays. Federal office buildings are shut down. So while we scream about, you know, we can't have the government shut down during you know, times we can't agree on the budget or something and nothing literally happens, I'm okay with that. So let's have as many federal holidays as possible because that way the government's not there. The bureaucratic state's not in D.C. or in our state trying to increase regulations or raise taxes on you because they're not at work and they have days off. So I would be okay if we have more federal holidays. Let's bring them on, baby. Yeah. And plus,
1: it would save the taxpayer money because... You know, the government's got to pay utility bills too, and they got to buy gas <laughs> on government vehicles. And you know, if the government vehicles ain't moving, they're not burning gas. So when gas is getting expensive, so yeah, yeah, I, I just I don't have a problem with the holiday itself, but I just think it's wrong timing. You know, right now wasn't the time to do it.
0: Yeah, so, well, again, it was, but, uh, it was it's a good thing, but for the bad, the wrong reasons, and that's what the other side has done. So we need to make sure that we educate people enough to celebrate it for the right reasons and actually re-educate people because that's what we have to do. So real quickly, we got to take a break here, look, but uh, Father's Day weekend, what do you got?
1: Well, uh, my dad's deceased, and I'm single, no kids, and thank so God. So you get the uh, freedom
0: to have an adult beverage and do whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm glad I never got married. You know, I didn't really (laughs) feel like a marrying type, you know. I mean, uh, I'm not a player either, never have been, but it's just like, you know, I don't want to get tied down into that kind of a relationship because, you know, things are great when you're young and the old lady looks pretty hot, but then you start getting old, you know, and (laughs) testosterone starts waning and the sex drive goes down and, you both start getting aged and you know i mean <clears throat> there's more to it than the physical aspect i know you know it's about being in love but i mean i, I with everything else that's happened to me in my life the last thing i need is to get married and then then uh, my old lady filed for a divorce
0: on me that'd be mm-hmm. the last thing and hey so want, you're you're am you're just enjoying just doing your thing on the single bachelor life i love it well hey well, it's you know what—that's all right. Enjoy the weekend because that's uh, that's you get a weekend every weekend for yourself, right?
1: That's right, man. You got to work. Me, I'm retired.
0: Hey, well, you know what? This Don't ain't work to night. me. You as well, Sean. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, This doesn't work for me. I get to talk politics on the radio and talk to people. I'm happy. This ain't work for me. So I love it, man. Enjoy the weekend, and I appreciate the phone call as always. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. We'll take a break. Wrap up hour number one. Lots more to get to here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. <laughs> We're back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today here on a Saturday. Candace Talk, 316-721-8255. 316 talk If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you. And with that, let's go right to the phone, shall we? Good morning. Who's this? This is Joe. Uh, Joe, what's going on, sir? How are we doing?
3: Hey, doing very well. I didn't know you were talking about uh, uh, the critical race theory, and I just wanted to touch base in the city of Wichita. There's a healthcare organization that promotes a Catholic healthcare organization that promotes systemic racism, and that we are all racist by birth, and I just feel like they need to be called out, and Catholic parishioners need to call out their leadership as well regarding critical race theory, and and I just do not agree with it, and uh, I just wanted to bring that to. So critical race theory is that, coming
0: so. to it's it's so weird to me because I mean Candace was one of the leading trends for the civil rights movement in you know in that time and we've done a lot of work and I think it Candace, is absolutely wonderful. Obviously there's some patches of uh, you know work we still need to be done, but you're saying the critical race theory is coming to Candace and even here to Wichita.
3: Yeah, it has been. It's been in for well over, you know, a couple of years and and they've promoted it. it comes out every week on the computer to the employees
0: that uh, as in and, uh, as in how what like what uh, like emails or you know press releases or what do they do
3: emails emails and it's under the guise of equity and other things as well. But the thing that gets my attention is the mm. promotion of systemic racism.
0: That's really interesting. My curiosity is when did we go from talking about equality for everyone to now you're just equity. You're a piece of equity to the government and we want you to be equity. I, I, when did we change the wording on this? Because that I, I don't understand the whole equity argument now.
3: I, I agree with you 100%. So, hey. and, 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 uh, anyway. I think that's all I want to add this morning, and I appreciate your your
0: show. Hey, well, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you listening, and have a great weekend. It's uh, great to talk to you. Interesting. So critical race theory coming to the Wichita area, not necessarily through the public education system, but through some of the businesses in the area as well. That is a question, and maybe we'll try and dive into that a little bit later for hour number two, is where did this equity conversation come from? Because you're not eco- we're not talking about equality anymore. We don't really care about equality. We're about equity. You are a piece of equity minority you are an equity just like you know the equity in your home you are of value with equity whose value and whose equity well the government's because you're a voter and you know you're just part of the system now and everything's great you're equity come on you're not a human being not an individual you're not a soul or you know some person with individual thought with character and with personality no you're just equity okay and people have gotten on board with this People would go along with that and be like, Yes, I'm a piece of equity. Thank you very much. Wow. What a crazy world we live in. Hour number two, right around the corner. Got lots more to get to. We'll talk about critical race theory and Dan Bongino, National Talk Radio host. We have a fun story that kind of connects us a little bit, which is kind of cool. We'll talk about that and more for hour number two at Candace Talk. Stay here. This is
1: Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM.
0: When you're on the radio, i got to say it's the fastest thing in the entire world. Fastest two hours of radio on radio right here in the Wichita area especially. Welcome back in. Radio, plus we have the live stream on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1480kqam. Great to have you along. Happy Saturday morning. Welcome into Kansas Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. A lot of ground covered in the last hour with Dr. Devin Verana talking about Juneteenth, talking about critical race theory, which we're going to continue on a little bit for this hour as well in just a moment. Also, you heard the liner, Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino going to be joining us at the bottom of this hour. We uh, sat down with him just a few days ago and talked about him welcoming him to the KQAM Airwaves. Uh, Unofficially, because obviously radio is a very complicated thing, and I can get into it a little bit if you want to, the inside ball of radio, but unofficially, the conservative movement has kind of embraced Dan Bongino as almost the replacement for Rush Limbaugh after, unfortunately, he passed on the air. And Dan Bongino has been growing like a weed when he took over that, uh, I take that back, when he moved his show, to the midday time from 11 to 2, and there's a lot of support for Dan Bongino. He's a huge podcaster, like one of the top five in the entire nation, with millions of downloads, and he's already on like 150 stations, and he's on like week number four of doing the midday show. So we sat down with him. I remember listening to him all the way back when we talk about that story, and we'll talk about uh, some current events and his thoughts on some of the latest and greatest. So we'll do that. Wrapping up the show at the bottom of this hour with Mr. Dan Bongino. Bongino.com is his Website 3167-218255 talk If you want to join in, we have a lot to get to. Uh, there's two questions I want to ask you today. Number one, what are you doing for Father's Day? Because it's Father's Day weekend, which is crazy to believe. And number two, Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth to everyone. The idea of actually ending slavery in this nation is a huge success. Unfortunately, the other side has taken a great holiday of unity and has found a way to uh, marginalize, has found a way to... Uh, it kind of uh, boxed it all in, found a way to make it divisive instead of unifying, and it's unfortunate. So we talked about uh, Juneteenth for a little bit as well. But critical race theory, as you know, we've talked about a lot of uh, with a lot of individuals about critical race theory and the 1619 project. We're essentially we're just we're we're a terrible nation. We are the worst nation on the face of the earth, according to them, because everything that we believe, our foundation. Our awesome foundation and our pillars of freedom are all just a farce. How dare you believe in that mindset from a bunch of slave-owning racist white landowners. (laughs) That's what the 1619 Project is about, which is part of the critical race theory that's starting to come into the public education system all over the nation. Now, as we've talked about that nationwide on The Voice of Reason throughout the week uh, for the weekday show... I haven't mentioned it much about the state of Kansas because I've been very proud of Kansas. Kansas, oh, I don't know, started like some of these civil rights movements back in the day. Like, we're the trendsetters, baby. We do that. Are there still issues we need to work through? Of course there are. There always are. We're working to fine-tune ourselves as a human species. But I never thought the critical race theory would really make its way to Kansas because we're Kansas for crying out loud. We're rural Kansas. We're, you know, we we like the traditional things. We like, you know, the simple living. We don't go down these roads of radicalism, but yet, but yet, it's starting to get here, and it's a little concerning. So, on the phone with I'm excited because you want to talk about local activism, finding ways to fight the public education system, trying to educate your children properly, trying to change things the best way we can in our local communities. Uh, this lady's doing it. I'm super excited to have her on the program because critical race theory has come to the state of Kansas, and it's starting in the public education system in the area of Manhattan. So excited to have on the program uh, Carmen Schober with us here. Carmen, how are you? I'm doing well, Andy. Thanks so much for
4: having me on to talk about this.
0: Yeah, I, important. Appreciate, yeah I appreciate you coming on, and I'm so glad that uh, we were able to connect and talk about this because, I, like I mentioned, I was not aware that this was something that was going to be um, something we had to worry about in the state of Kansas, but apparently we're here. Now, is it already implemented? Are they debating it? What's going on up there?
4: Well, <clears throat> specifically in Can- in Manhattan, what's going on is, so the, the, the short answer is yes, it's already um, saturated the public school system in some significant ways, but not officially. What happened a few weeks ago is they attempted to Mandate a training for all teachers um, that was critical race theory based, and they used the wrong funds to pay for it. So their attempt to mandate it was kind of halted, and that's how that uh, the public became aware of it. That little time frame between them trying to pay for it, mandate it, implement it, and then the the pause. Um, so some concerned parents, teachers, community members had a chance to actually look at the curriculum, identify that it was critical race theory and raise their concerns to the board. And unsurprisingly, but very disappointingly, um, the board has been very dismissive and disparaging um, uh, towards those who are concerned about critical race theory. Um, So it's still on the table right now. They're kind of waffling between saying that (laughs) really not critical race theory or critical race theory is good and people need to learn it. They can't really decide where they land on in the issue. Um, But Manhattan parents should go ahead and assume that our public school system is on board with this and planning on moving forward with it unless a school board uh, leadership drastically changes.
0: So, from the way I'm understanding this, they didn't even come to you, the parents, and say, Hey, we have this idea we want to implement in our curriculum. What do you guys think? They were trying to sneak it through and they made a mistake and it got caught. And now they have to discuss it.
4: Exactly. That's, yeah. And it's so interesting, right? Because this is a huge, like, national issue that's coming up all over. It's highly contentious. And We're being told that, you know, it never crossed their minds that this would be something that should be shared with the public and considered and brought up in other uh, school board meetings and people should have the chance to to know about it. At least they were just going to do it full steam ahead. They were going to pay $62,000 to do it. Just a little snafu is the only reason why they got caught.
0: Good golly. Good go- That's mind blowing to me. You're right. I mean, that should be a major if that's a major drastic curriculum change, then you discussed that with the parents. So how did you guys find this? When you started looking through where the funding was going and what the curriculum would look like and what would actually be taught, what did you find? I mean, what's in the paper saying this is the standard that we have, this is the testing, this is the studies, this is what we're going to teach. What how did you guys find this?
4: Well, so a teacher brought it to the attention of a community member, and then it was sort of, you know, disseminated from there. Um, really, it's, it's called Better Lesson. Anyone can go look it up. It's a, you know, quote, teaching resource. And if you know anything about critical race theory, just like glancing through it, it, I mean, it is critical race theory. And I'll back up just a little bit in case someone's maybe unfamiliar with what I'm saying, what I mean when I say that. But critical race theory is Based off of critical theory, which, you know, critical theory is the practice of looking at systems and considering how they benefit or harm certain groups of people, which is fine. No one objects critical theory. Oh, as you want a, to challenge ideas. A that's first. a good thing. Right. Exactly. But critical race theory is different in that it is an actual set of assumptions and claims. And it, I mean, it's, its it's not really a theory so much as it is. A, a dogma, a statement of belief, a statement about the way that things are, and built into it is the rhetorical device that anyone who challenges it is automatically a racist. Like, if I, you know, if I'm concerned about critical race theory, if I try to argue with some aspect of it, it's because I'm fragile. It's because I'm racist. So it's, it's not designed as like an educational tool. It's not a design to foster dialogue. It really is just a set of political talking points that serve a specific agenda. Um, And that's why so many people are concerned about it. That's why so many people, you know, reject it, because it's one very rigid way of looking at systems and and issues. And it rejects any attempt to look at it any other kind of way. Um, So if you just look at this better lesson curriculum, it's rife with, you know, systemic racism, white privilege, anti-racist, equity journeys, all this, like, total social justice language. And plenty of people within the Manhattan public school system are very um, uh, sympathetic and welcoming to that. They love it. Um, And then there are people who are trying to kind of distort it and pretend like that's not what it is, Um, which kind of just, you know, shows you that they're aware of the scrutiny. They're uncomfortable. They see that there's good reasons for parents to be concerned about this. And I don't know if they know exactly what to do next. I I couldn't tell you their next move other than one way or another, it does appear they're going to try to go continue on this particular path.
0: Wow. What a concept. It it blows my mind that it's here. And as you mentioned, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, race, just critical theory itself is an idea to challenge. I mean, and that's what we love. That's what we need in society is to challenge ideas, to discuss ideas, traditions that we do, things that we do. I mean, just the way we operate, just discuss them and say, is it a tradition that we've done for years without understanding the purpose of it or do we actually have meaning for what the, what we do in society? Those ideas are great. I mean, that's a deep philosophical discussion that I, I personally enjoy and I think a lot of kids need to start having because we need to open their minds right. on how to think And not what to think. But as you mentioned, this is exactly the opposite of this is what to think. And if you challenge it, if you have that dialogue and you say, wait, this doesn't make sense, then you're part of the problem. And this is, I mean, Progressive has done this for years, but this is really kind of blatant slap in the face. Either you get on board with this or you are a racist. And once we label you a racist, then everything you say is completely irrelevant. And that's scary to be doing that to our children. I mean, that's going to mess them up in the head a little bit.
4: Absolutely. Well, and you—I mean—you nailed it. Like, progressive rhetoric always relies on the framework that if you disagree, if you challenge them, if you—if you have an argument and you win, <laughs> it is because you are a racist. It is because you are ignorant. It's because you are confused. It always goes—they don't really engage with the argument. They just kind of go to, um, you know, that slander and that shame, and it's a way to silence people. Um, And, you know, it makes people scared. People don't want to be called a racist. People don't want to be labeled things that aren't true. And that's their tactic. They've normalized it. They've mainstreamed it. And thankfully, we see all around the country, a lot of parents are rising up and being brave and taking the insults and speaking up for their children. And that's absolutely what needs to happen. you yeah. got to walk right into that fire and, you know, let them call you names because the fact that they're calling you names means they don't have an argument. Yeah, <laughs> like ex- that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We're talking with Carmen Schober in the Manhattan area. You had mentioned before about the equity argument. We talked about just a little bit of that in the last hour. Maybe you can enlighten me or maybe you're not aware of this or either. When did we change the terminology on this message of civil rights and moving forward in equality and go from equality for everyone to where we're all equal to now You're just a piece of equity like you're you're now just equity and we want equity for everybody. So now you're not an individual. You're not a personality. You're not a human being. You're just equity. I want to know who we're equity to, which is probably the government. But when did we change this and why? Why would people get on board with that? To me, that's more degrading of great. I'm just a piece of equity to you. I appreciate that. Like that. I don't get this movement.
4: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, like, obviously, there's a lot we could go into. I think probably the most helpful thing I can say regarding the equity re- rhetoric is just to understand the overall purpose of it. Right. So the nature of progressivism is how it thrives is it constantly has to find new problems, new grievances, new um new injustices that have to be solved. So the reason why equality is not good enough is because like, we've achieved equality. So we have to move, but we have to find a a new issue that uh, requires more activism and more change. And that's just the nature. I mean, you see it in everything that they do. They're constantly finding new things to be offended by, new things that are considered violence, new things that are considered wrong, taboo. That's just the nature of progressivism. That's how it lives and thrives. And continues on. If, if problems are solved, then progressives can't—you uh, know—they can't—they don't have anything to campaign on. There's no villains to to punish. There's no. There's nothing for them to do. Um, that's one part of it. This, the other part of it is you have to think about what what is the the point of pushing equity, and the point of pushing equity is to centralize as much as you can in order to redistribute uh resources right and that's kind of at the core at a lot of this political ideology they just want a large centralized powerful state they a lot of these people think that that's going to help them that it's going to punish the people they don't like and reward them but you know anybody who actually knows anything about authoritarian centralized states knows how that will end um a lot of progressives don't quite see that right now but that's that's where equity comes from it's it's a useful tool for creating divisions and, you know, villains and heroes. And so they're running with it and hoping that it will help them achieve their political vision.
0: And it seems to be working. People love the idea that I'm I'm equity, so I am equitable. Therefore, I am valued more than what I actually have. So therefore, I deserve more of what you have through redistribution. It's a wild concept uh, because... I, I'm curious on who's actually sitting there setting the value of your equity as a human being. And to me, that's just that that's mind boggling that people go down that road. Karma, we're almost out of time here, but when is the next meeting? And what's the next step through this debate with critical race theory ideas up in the Manhattan area? And for my listeners here in the Wichita area, too, or around the states, I mean, can we make phone calls to the school board? Can we you know, show up? What's going on there and what can we do?
4: Heck yeah. So in Manhattan, the next school board meeting is on June 30th. I encourage any encouraged parents or any concerned parents to show up, listen, make remarks. Um, I'll be there. I'll have, you know, there'll be other people there. We can help, um, absolutely wherever you are. Um, my best advice I can give to you is to be tuned in to what's going on in your public school system. Like you've never been tuned in before. The reason a lot of this stuff, through the reason why there's so many activists within the system why there's so many incompetent people within the system is because parents have been giving them the benefit of the doubt for a very long time and i can tell you from up close and personal interactions with many of these people you cannot give them the benefit of the doubt anymore your children (laughs) are too precious their education is too important um you have to be tuned in you have to be asking the hard questions you have to know who has influence over them um, and act accordingly. You know, if you need to exit the system, then make that work. But we all collectively need to work together to definitely reform and possibly even defund these systems because they're definitely there. The trends are not good. They're they're compromised in some pretty significant ways. So yeah. get involved however you can. But yeah. Um, know that it's going to be a long fight, but a lot of people are getting involved, and that's super encouraging.
0: It is very encouraging, and as we mentioned before, many times that politics is coming back down to that local level for us to have control over our community again, and I see a lot of people getting engaged and active, so thank you for your activism up there and trying to fight this, and uh, keep me posted. Let's get you back on the show as this continues to progress up there
4: awesome i would love that thanks so
0: much andy hey appreciate that very much that's carmen schober there and uh, we appreciate her up in the manhattan area critical race theory coming to the public schools trying to slip it in just oh oh sorry we didn't mean to for you to find out about that but oh it's not a big deal just uh just continue on with life these aren't the droid you're looking for what a concept all right 23 minutes past the hour we got some other calls on the line i want to get to you open lines to you when we come back it's candace talk right here on the big talker kqam stay here My mind, man, how sometimes those administrators do the dirtiest, sleaziest, manipulative things, and then they try to just, you know, brush it under the table. That's not that big of a deal. Wild, so wild. Welcome back into Kansas Talk. Three one six seven two one eight two five five three one six seven two one. Talk if you want to join into the program. Would love to hear from you today. Uh, Dan Bongino, he'll be joining us after the bottom of the hour to help wrap up the program today as well covered a lot of ground today. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day weekend to you as we continue the celebrations right here on Kansas Talk. And with that, let's go to the phones with lines lighting up. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick, how are you, sir?
5: I am fine. And Andy, I might disagree with you on some things, but you know what? I think we're living in a time period of people are Instead of standing tall and standing proud and being proud of what they are, who they are, what color they are, I think we're in a time period of people are looking at themselves and saying, what's wrong with me? Everything has – I mean, if I'm not a certain color, something's wrong with me. If I'm not a certain race, something's wrong with me. Or if I'm not a certain sexual orientation, we need to have laws that protect me. Now, Everybody's a victim now. Yes, I watched the city council meeting. And it was, I don't know whether you've had a chance to look at it, but it was a total disaster because <laughs> the mayor wanted to push through this deal for the uh, gay community, which is fine. But he was putting down the other, uh, well look see the other.
0: So it's funny. So it's yeah. funny you mention that because we haven't had a chance to talk about that much. You're right. He was very angry, very vocal, very forceful. And you know why? It's because it's been on his agenda to do for a while and he wanted it done. He wanted it passed. He wanted it approved for Pride Month because that's his political agenda. It's not about actually doing the right thing or even having the right bill. He wants it under his label as mayor of the city of Wichita that he passed an anti-discrimination law bill. During Pride Month, for just to score some political points. Now, the, the the reason, I mean, you know, you have a problem when the openly gay guy on the city council voted against yes. the anti discrimination bill. Like, you know, you have a serious issue there, but Mayor Whipple doesn't care because it's about scoring political points. And if he could pass an anti discrimination bill during Pride Month, then he thinks that he's going to win that whole crowd and everything's going to be hunky dory when it's a crap bill and it doesn't do anything.
5: You know, um, now, it's also for age discrimination, I'm 76, I'm an old man, and I'll tell you what, Andy, uh, I've got a bad leg, I can't walk over a block, and everything else, but I stand tall, I stand proud, and I don't need any extra law to protect me, because I'm a proud man, and no matter what, I'm going to stand tall, I'm going to stand proud, I've taught my kids the same thing, and I've had two of them with cancer, I've taught them the same thing, yep. stand tall, stand proud, and just... Go straight ahead. Don't expect anything special. Just show the world that you, whatever's wrong with you or wh- whatever, can stand tall, stand proud, and go straight ahead.
0: Amen to that. Frederick, I hate to cut you off. We've got to take a break here. But uh, happy Father's Day weekend to you. Enjoyed. Happy Juneteenth to you. As well. And you're right, don't be a victim. Stop being a victim. Your skin color, your gender identification, your whatever, you're not a victim. You don't have to be a victim. Don't let the world bring you down. You can rise up no matter what the challenge is. Do it. Don't rely on somebody else to do it for you. Now, back to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. 35 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into Kansas Talk here on The Big Talker. 1480 AM, 1025 FMK, QAM. Thanks for joining us today on a Saturday. It's been a fun conversation. A lot of ground today. Love it. Love it. Covered a lot of ground and had a lot of fun. Next weekend, same thing. We are here every Saturday, 9 to 11. Make sure to stay tuned in. Your political issues here for the state of Kansas. Let's make our state awesome. And we do it right here. We are the catalyst for the conservative movement in the state of Kansas. We have been for seven years. And now we're doing it on your weekend, which is great. 3167 talk If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you today as well. Two questions for you. Should Juneteenth be the federal holiday and have they used it in the wrong way? And happy Juneteenth to everyone. Also, what are you doing for Father's Day weekend? It's Father's Day. Can you believe it? We're that time of year again where it's 105 degrees outside and it's Father's Day. Uh, usually it's not that hot this time of the year which is really crazy, but it is this year because of, well, of course, global warming, right? I mean, it's it's climate change. <laughs> global warming is going to kill us all. That's what it is. Before we get into our interview with Dan Bongino, real quickly, there was a, a story that I had to laugh at because, as we talked about in the last segment about being the victim and trying to, uh, trying to put you in the box, the identity politics, You're this, so therefore you must believe this way. Uh, The media loves to do this. You remember all the way back when that really horrible, terrible guy that we all should really, really hate, and that was Sam Brownback as governor. I mean, terrible guy, right? Horrible man, worst person on the face of the earth, didn't know what he was doing, cutting taxes, cutting spending, killing our state government, right? Right. Yeah, that guy. Uh, and the media really just ran with it and just, oh, the Brownback experiment, the failed Brownback experiment. They love to pick on him. Well, they're still doing it even all the way now. You would think that's so like 10 years ago. But no, they still love doing it. As the latest headline, new guys jumping into the races. We get closer to the midterm elections for next year. And a new individual, Michael Austin. He's with um, Kansas Policy Institute. Michael Austin, super brilliant guy. Super great guy with numbers. Jumped into the race for state treasurer's position. I know. Running for that. Just think, a numbers guy with the Kansas Policy Institute heading up to state treasurer's office. We've had him on the show many times before. Michael Austin uh, is running and officially made his announcement. The headline from the Topeka Capital Journal is not Michael Austin, you know, new guy running for state treasurer position. Oh, no, no. Here's the headline from the Topeka Capital Journal. Former advisor to Governor Sam Brownback wades into the competitive state treasurer's race. Former advisor to Governor Sam Brownback. Uh, Yeah, why not? He's not a human being. He's not an individual. He's not a guy with, you know, qualifications on his own. No, he's the former advisor to Governor Sam Brownback. Now what they're going to do is they're going to go after him beyond belief. He was a Brownback guy. He was a financial guy that talked about numbers and tax rates and stats to Brownback, who obviously didn't know what he was doing. Therefore, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's the one that advised Sam Brownback. That guy, are you kidding? We want him to run our state treasurer's department? That's the campaign you're going to hear for the next year. And I hope he just slaughters it. I'm a big fan of Michael Lawson. I like him. We've had him on the show, obviously, with the Kansas Policy Institute. I've been a big fan as well. I don't know who else is running, so I'm not making an endorsement but I hope that he just comes back and just tears them to pieces whenever they come after him How about being associated with Sam Brownback and being an advisor to him. I hope he tears into them. So we'll have him on the show uh, in the next few weeks as well to get him on to talk about the race and the, uh, the assault that they've already made on him just as the announcement, not new guy, new candidate into the state treasurer. No, no, no. He's the former advisor to Sam Brownback. What a jerk, right? Yeah, that crazy guy. All right, I want to shift gears. We sat down just a couple of days ago with the man himself. I've been a big fan of Dan Bongino for a super long time, uh, and we talk about this story actually in the interview, which he found pretty interesting and kind of a connection. We had a bond, man. We were able to connect. No, he's a great guy, and he's our new show, which you can hear live middays, 11 to 2 here on KQAM, weekdays, Monday through Friday. He is a growing like a weed with his national radio show. Started off as a podcaster Filled in for other talk radio shows. He had a one-hour show in the evenings that he was doing on radio. And then after the passing of Rush Limbaugh, ended up moving to the midday slot with Westwood One. And blowing up all over at least 150, 160 stations now. Almost 200 maybe now. uh, Within like the first four or five weeks of his radio show in the midday slot. Killing it. And along with, by the way, starting a weekend TV show on Fox News, too. So he's kind of a busy guy, but he gave us some time, sat down with us, chatted about some of the latest current events, and we had to properly welcome him to the KQAM Airwaves. You can find him online uh, at Bongino.com. But nationally syndicated radio host, Mr. Dan Bongino, joined us here on Candace Talk, and this is what he had to say. Dan, how are you, my friend? It's good to talk to you.
6: Yeah, it's great to talk to you, too. it's, It's crazy you remember that show. I remember that. I was at WMAL in the studio filling in for Mark. And it's interesting because that was the second show I had hosted that day. I had guest hosted hosted for Chris Plant earlier in the morning. And I had slept in the garage in my car. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to do the same show on WMAL twice. So what do I do? And some lady drove by me with this coexist bumper sticker. And I was like, there it is. That, I remember that show like it was yesterday you got a great memory
0: oh I it was it was such an impressionable moment when I listened it was just when personally I was getting to talk radio and fascinated with it wanting to do it myself and I I heard you and very few times when I listen to fill-in hosts, who I'm like Oh, you know what I'm gonna stick around and listen to these guys but you you were impressionable you you made it stand out and it was the most entertaining show I think I've ever heard so I appreciate that and look at I mean where you're at now doing the midday thing I mean you've done this just a few weeks already now it's blowing up all over the country we're so excited to have you on kqam but uh what made you move that slot to the middays because obviously it's working out pretty well for you
6: well listen i've I'm, I'm known for candor, even when it's uncomfortable um nothing i didn't want to do radio <laughs> that's what makes it great i'm serious like i never had any aspira i had my podcast you know i have the fox show i got the new weekend show um i didn't want to i mean i didn't i didn't ask for it and I love radio. I grew up in radio. I filled in at major radio stations. But, of course, we had this, you know, rush taken from us way too soon. I mean, we could have had 20, 30 more years of rush. I mean, really, he was just that good. And his tragic passing. And they called and asked if I was interested. And, you know, I say this not to sound like a a dope or I can be silly about it. You know, I think the best people to have in this business, I know it may sound weird, are people who don't need it but want it. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to do it. I had this, you know, like I said, my podcast, my life was good. But I wanted it because radio is still, still the, the heartbeat of the country. It is. I'm not being hyperbolic. I love my podcast. I love the digital space. It's exploding. It's everywhere. But there's still large swaths of America that just enjoy a good live energy, live radio program. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I should have taken this idea more seriously from the start. And I spoke with my wife. She's like, you can't turn that down. It's such a great opportunity. And it, the last two and a half weeks, we just started, a, you know, a two and a half weeks ago, have been amazing. There's just a different energy to live radio. It's just different. The callers, the breaking news, all that stuff. And uh, it's been a blast. I'm, I'm really enjoying
0: it. Yeah, well, it's amazing. I mean, you're right. AM talk radio, FM talk radio now, too. I mean, just the live and local, the people that you can actually call in, you can talk to, you can hear the current events. And it's our platform. I mean, you talk about on the show a lot about the deep state, about the media, about the lies, the manipulation from the media. This is one of our only platforms we have to get proper, real, factual information out there that's not twisted, that's not manipulated, and it's not agenda-driven from the left-wing progressives trying to screw up the country.
6: I mean, think about it. We've been right about everything, right? (laughs) We were called conspiracy theorists and kooks and lunatics and all this other stuff. Yet every major news story of the last four to five years, maybe six years since we got when Trump may run. Every single story we were right on. We were right about hydroxychloroquine. We were right about Spygate. We were right about collusion gate. We were right about Fauci. We were right about the Wuhan Lab League. We were right about Hunter Biden. I mean, the list of we were right goes on and on. But I don't, you know, I want to be right, of course, but I don't want to say I told you so. It gives me no joy, and I mean this, Mm. to say, oh, look, we got these guys. We, you know, we win. The, can we just have a media environment where people just talk in facts and data points? I'm not, I mean, I'm not talking about opinion people. You know, you and I have opinions. People listen for our opinions. Sure. Not that we don't use facts, but people tune in for opinion And news, they're tuning in for news, facts. You want your opinion, to an opinion show. And sadly, that environment's completely dissipated. And you're right. Talk radio in the arsenal of truth weapons we have is probably the first go-to in the state it is it's just is the audience is enormous and like i said it was an opportunity you know, I couldn't turn down. And I mean, you know, we're on radio stations that carry the greatest legend and talk radio for, you know, sometimes up to three decades. You can't say no to that. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You have to take it.
0: No, it's it's absolutely amazing. We're talking with Dan Bongino, host of the Dan Bongino Show. You can find him online at Bongino.com. You can find him here on the KQAM Airwaves Live 11 to 2. Uh, just a couple of minutes here. I want to pick your brain on some of these issues you've been talking about the last couple of days. The, the big one, really, as we mentioned with the media, with Fauci, all this information coming out with this email, emails about Fauci. The media is still trying to defend him. Now I see the headline today that he's trying to blast his critics because when you criticize Fauci, then you criticize the facts and you criticize the science. I'm not sure where you put the two and two together, but can people really begin to wake up to realize what he's done? Are we going to have the the mindless trolls continuously following him and finding ways to defend him?
6: Well, yes, uh, the latter. I mean, I'm going to cover this on my Fox News show on Filtered this week. It's going to be a thorough a of the media people who hid the truth from us for so long um, and defended Fauci the entire time. Listen, here's the deal with Fauci. Okay, it's not personal. I don't know the guy. I don't want to know the guy. I don't care to know the guy. I'm just not interested. It's not personal. He is not your private doctor. He's not your dentist. He's not your orthodontist. He's not your spinal doctor. He's not your PhD instructor. He is a public health professional paid a ridiculous amount of money by you and mine and our collective taxpayer dollars. If Anthony Fauci, as he says, you attack me, you're attacking science, we're not attacking you. We're questioning some incredibly poorly misguided decisions you made when your emails seem to uh, seem to indicate now you had a different line of thinking than you were saying publicly. This I'm Anthony Fauci and I'm a victim stuff and the media jumping to his immediate defense is pathetic. It's not personal. I don't dislike him. I don't even know him. He's a public official. You don't want to be a public official. Here's a hint. Go get a job in the private sector. Stop with the Victim Act. It's pathetic. It's quite embarrassing, to
0: be honest with you. Well, he's in the public sector because he kind of gets to dictate. I mean, he's run a lot with the health department there at the federal level. He's run the patent department for a long time. And when doctors speak out against him, like some did about the hydroxychloroquine throughout the, throughout the last year, about some other alternative remedies to keep your immune system healthy and not spread COVID, uh, when we talk about the Wuhan virus or the Wuhan lab out there in China, when you disregard what he says, then he has the right and he gets to use the media and all the social media power to shut them down. And I think he kind of likes the power, don't you think?
6: Well, listen, Lord Acton was correct. I mean, you know, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Here's the second part to that. It says something to the effect of all great men are inherently bad men. I mean, anyone who seeks that kind of power must have some malicious streak in them at some point. I don't know. I don't get in his head. And I, I can't even attribute motives to the guy. But I think what you said is accurate. I mean, power has a corrupting effect, and he's clearly enjoying it. I mean, he's not stepping down despite a series of, you know, almost unforgivable mishaps. And I'm not talking about little things. I'm talking about big, huge things. Yeah. You know, waving people off the lab league theory, as one of my producers on my podcast says all the time. You know, Fauci and others keep saying, like, implying at least, like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Let's just deal with it. It's out there now. You know, it's like catching a serial murderer, being like, you know what? It doesn't really matter if we prosecute him. People are dead. They're not coming back. I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, really? Like, we could have another lab leak. That's why we do this stuff. And the fact that he's playing it down so casually and was um, really could cause another global catastrophe, and it's really unbecoming for a guy in that position.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Last question before we let you go. Dan Bongino, you can hear him live 11 to 2, middays right here on the KQAM Airwaves and across the state. Uh, but can we get back to some form of common sense. Are we going to see a quote-unquote great awakening in the nation? Are we going to see people realize the the fools that we've been played for from the federal government? I mean, right now we have elected officials like Ilhan Omar and Alex, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and some of these yahoos that don't know anything and people follow them. Is the great quote-unquote great awakening, some type of uh, understanding finally going to happen, or are we going to have to battle this for a while?
6: Yeah, that was my monologue on last week's Fox show. No, it is happening right now. I mean, it's not like a talking point. It's not me giving you a hurrah speech. You know, just go to any social media platform and put in the term school board. I mean, people around the country are showing up, making their own beds, as Jordan Peterson says in his book, you know, acting locally and are saying, yeah, not on my watch. Not today. We're not going to do critical racism theory because that's what it is. It's racist for my kids. So, yeah, it is happening. I mean, listen, the United States has had up and downs. The vicissitudes of the country are well known. But, you know, sometimes we got to hit bottom before we get back up. You know, maybe there's these expressions, always oh, darkest before dawn or whatever, you know, fancy poetry people have out there, musics and songs and all that. Stuff. But it's true. I mean, we always have to hit the bottom. And what did Churchill say? You know, the United States, when given the opportunities to do everything else, will only make, always make the right decision in the end. We'll figure it out. It's going to take some time. But people are waking up. There's no doubt about that. The evidence is everywhere.
0: Little by little, and fighters like you are doing it every single day, and we appreciate it. Dan Bongino, hear him live, KQAM 11 to 2, right here middays throughout the week. Dan, we appreciate the time, my friend. We'll get you back on again soon.
6: Hey, awesome. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: There it is, Dan Bongino. You can hear him live here on KQAM from 11 to 2 weekdays, right in the middle of the day. After that interview, I think we're bros. I think we're like BFFs. You know, we're going to, like, text all the time and stuff now. Uh, It was funny. So I actually cut off that part of the interview when I had introduced him during the recording of the interview. And the story that we had referenced was that years ago when I had first the very first time I ever heard Dan on the radio, I had turned on and was listening to Mark Levin. This is when I was in. Uh, Colorado, and actually, I was going to the broadcasting school getting into radio. I had turned on Mark Levin, and he was filling in. And usually, when you hear a fill in host, usually, I mean, most people, or at least me, I'd, unless they're really, really good to keep your attention, I usually don't tune in because I want to hear the host, I want to hear the guy that I tuned in to hear. But he was talking about bumper stickers and best political bumper stickers and bumper sticker arguments. And it was the most fascinating topic that I think I had ever heard. And it was a ridiculous topic, but it was entertaining and it was fun. And he does a wonderful job. And apparently he remembered that show. So because of that connection, I think we're bros. I I think we're BFF. We're going to have him back on again soon. So I appreciate that. Dan Bongino, Bongino Bongino.com. You can hear him live right here on the KQM Airwaves middays every single day. We'll take a break. Get ready to wrap up the show for the day today. Get ready for next week where we have a laundry list of awesome guests again here on the program. We'll tease that. Plus, I want to get your final thoughts on Father's Day weekend and Juneteenth. All of it right here on Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. Mm All right, just a couple minutes left of the program. If you want to jump in here at 316-721-8255, it goes by way too fast. Two hours of radio, man, flies right on by, especially trying to get you up and going for a Saturday morning. I know you're probably uh, maybe out at the lake, maybe trying to enjoy the weekend, get some stuff done. That's what we're going to be doing. I'm excited to get things rolling for the weekend. So welcome in, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Thanks again to Dan Bongino, great individual. Absolutely love listening to his program. So happy to have him on the KQAM Airwaves. And uh, I, I tell you what, KQAM rocking a baby, all day long. And you can listen to KQAM all day with some great, great programming. Joe Pagg's live with The weekend. He's coming up in just a few minutes on KQAM right here after our show Uh, for us all right father's day weekend now that we're getting into it first off happy juneteenth to everyone remember the real reason just like we have to say for every holiday which is really crazy because we have holidays and then we just go through the motion of the routine of the tradition and then we forget the reason for the holiday and that's with christmas that's with thanksgiving that's with easter that's with fourth of july That's with Memorial Day. That's with Labor Day. That's with now Juneteenth. Like all of these holidays, we kind of sort of understand them, but yet we kind of forget about them, too, and what the real purpose of them is for. Oh, hey, yeah, it's great. It's the great time to go camping. Go out to do the trucking thing. It's Memorial Day. All right. Wait, what's the reason for the holiday? Well, uh, I mean, it's like the veterans and stuff, right? We got to remember these things, and Juneteenth is a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Don't let the radicals take it and abuse it and run away with it to make it more divisive. When it's probably could be outside of like the Fourth of July, both of them kind of in tandem, some of the most two uniting holidays that the U.S. can possibly celebrate. Let's enjoy that, shall we? But Father's Day weekend here as well. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Enjoy. Do some stuff with the family. Maybe do some grilling, some barbecuing. Mm-hmm. It's the guy's thing to do, right? Have an adult beverage. Do your thing. That's what we'll be doing at the Hoosier residence this weekend as well. Until then, I'm back at it on Monday, live at 4 p.m. for The Voice Reason throughout the week. Also, next Saturday on Candace Talk, a large lineup of guests. You're not going to miss any of it. It's going to be awesome. Until then, this is Candace Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful weekend.